Amen. Amen. What a beautiful sight to see. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, know that the task, the task that we have as, as parents uh, is not an easy task. Uh, but when we allow God to strengthen us and direct us, how many know that God gives us the supernatural ability uh, to raise a child? Uh, and I'm telling you right now, you know, people, people can look at this day and age that we live in and they say, why would you bring a child into this world right now? Uh, let me tell you right now, it is a blessing. Uh, it is a blessing uh, to bring a child forth and to, and to allow God to use us to raise that child in his ways. Uh, what a beautiful thing it is. And so we're praying for you, uh, parents. We're praying that, that, that God continues to strengthen your life and guide you uh, in your journey uh, as you raise up those children. So let's give them a big hand clap once again this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says this, it says, Now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which brings life, which brings understanding, which brings clarity, and which brings peace. And Father, we pray right now, Lord God, as your word goes forth, that I would be used as an instrument, Father, to be your mouthpiece, Lord God, to share your love, Lord God, to share who you are and what you seek to do in our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the privilege and the honor to be used by you. Lord, we pray for each and every individual here, Lord, for those who are watching online, that we would not only be hearers but doers of your word, and we will be blessed in doing so. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. The church says, amen and amen. Now, faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. Now, if you're here today and you are over the age of, I'm going to say, I'm going to just throw out, over the age of 35. That's just a rough estimate here. You probably recall a commercial uh, that Sure deodorant came out with. Uh, it was a slogan uh, that was brought out in the early 80s uh, and is also the title of my message this morning. The title of my message this morning is Raise Your Hands If You Are Sure. Raise your hands if you are sure. <laughs> now, although when it came out, I was just a wee little baby, um, they had it, you know, they, they aired it for quite a, quite a few years, and so I, I caught the, the butt end of that, of that um, slogan that they had going on for their company. And I remember the commercials. I remember, you know, you would see people uh, maybe, maybe at a place where, where you might get, you know, stressed out a little bit, maybe at a job interview. Uh, maybe, maybe you were at a wedding, uh, you know, so fitting for today, you know, maybe you were speaking in front of someone. And the commercial was about sure deodorant, them stating that they will keep you dry in those difficult times, right? Wasn't that it? Because, you know, when you had people raising their hand, you would see their sweaty armpits, 
And I'm not, now I'm not doing it this morning, so don't wait, don't wait for that. It ain't going to happen because who knows what's there. Like I said, speaking in front of people, that's, that's one of those situations. And so this, it, was, it was very humorous uh, because, you know, you would see, you know, the, the sweat stains on people because they were nervous, uh, because they were in a situation uh, that maybe was not comfortable. And then you had those who were using sure deodorant. And they were completely dry, and they were happy, and they were, and they were waving their hands in the air like they just don't care, right? Why? Because they knew that they, had did, that they did what they were supposed to do in preparation for that day and what was to come. So they weren't embarrassed. I remember sure deodorant. It wasn't that great. <laughs> you know, you can say what you want. But I remember still, still sweating after using that product. I thought it was going to give me, you know, com, you know it, it was going to offer what they said, and, and it did not. And I think in our lives, because it, it reminds me of today's society. What do I mean by that? I mean that today's society, we're so unsure about everything. We're so unsure about, about what to do in this situation. We're so unsure about decisions that we need to make. We're so unsure about what tomorrow is going to bring. We're so unsure about where this economy is going. We're so unsure about things like, like our health. We're unsure about things like our jobs. And we're unsure about these things. And, and we, we, can, we can look at these things and we can stress out. We can become uh, engulfed in worry and concern. See, the first thing I want to talk about this morning is living with uncertainty. Living with uncertainty. You see, no one is immune to uncertainty. Even in normal circumstances of our daily, uh, daily living, it's full of uncertainties in our lives. I had just mentioned a few, and that list goes on. This year... It seems to have brought in uncertainties to a whole new level in our lives. Living with uncertainty isn't something new in our lives. What's going to happen if I go this way or that way? I, I wonder what's behind door number one and number two and number three. We're so uncertain about things. We make many decisions in life knowing that the outcome is uncertain. We don't know quite what to expect. Living with all of these uncertainties in life can definitely affect our lives. As I mentioned, it can cause us to be stressed out. It can, it can cause us uh, of fear. It can cause disappointment. It can cause hurt. We can feel confused unsure, unclear. In a time of uncertainty like we're living in today, the future can look scary. You can, you can look ahead and you, can, and, and, and you might have a, a negative outlook on where things are going or where your life is headed. What's going to happen to me? Am I going to, am I going to catch this or that? And we're so worried 
Yes, we take precautions, but I don't believe God wants us to live in fear. I don't believe God, God wants us to be, to be constantly stressed out about what's going to come your way. That's not living by any means. Maybe some of you are here this morning and you're worried about your place of employment. I wonder if I'm going to still have a job tomorrow because of everything that's going on. Life is so uncertain. I don't know what to think. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. See, this is something that you need to hold on to, that God cares for you. That nothing is too small in your life that God does not care about it. See, God cares about what you care about. Those things that concern you are concerning your father. Those things that, that try to keep you up at night, you see, God knows about those things, and God cares. Why? Because you care about it. In Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. It says, Isn't life more than food? We know it is, right? Life is more than food. And your body more than clothing? It says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. He says, instead, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. <laughs> Today's troubles is enough for today. How many can say amen to that? You have enough things to... to uh, and I won't say worry, but you have enough things to place concern over that are taking place in your life today. So don't borrow tomorrow's worries. Don't, don't look ahead to, to what you think is going to happen because it may not even happen in your life. And you're sweating things that didn't even take place. These are wise, loving words from our Lord. You see, God cares about the things that you care about. You see, wouldn't it be nice to know every outcome of the decisions that you are about to make? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice for you to see the end result of your decision making? That would be awesome. 
But many times, that's not the way things go. Many times, we make decisions not really knowing what is going to be the outcome. But we know that today, we are making a decision based upon living for Christ. And God says, that's all you need to know. Don't focus on those things that may or may not happen in your life, but instead focus on me. Instead, focus on my goodness. Instead, focus on where I am taking you. Instead, focus on where I have called you. And stay true and stay stable in the calling that I have over your life. See, surrounded by all these uncertainties in life, is there anything that we can be certain of? You hear people say, yeah, you can be certain of two things, death and taxes, right? But is that the reason God created us? To pay Caesar and then die? I mean, come on. There's got to be more than living than that, amen? There's got to be there's got to be more than just than just paying your taxes and then and then going into the ground. See, God says that He's created you for much more than that. God, God says that the, that the purpose uh, 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 that, that God created you for is to have a family. Is to have a family. You see, God wants you to be a part of his family. God wants to have a relationship with you. See, God says that he has given you a purpose and a hope. A purpose and a hope. That hope that we have isn't just for today, but it's for tomorrow. It's for our future. It's for our destiny. It's for the eternal. You see, we don't look at just today as the, as a, as the body of Christ. We don't, we, don't, we don't focus our gaze on, on, on what is just up ahead of us or what is to the left or to the right, but we fix our eyes on Jesus and we fix our eyes on where he is taking us. And we fix our attention on where he is calling us. See, each one of us has the ability to accept or reject. That's the beauty of free will. That's the beauty of experiencing God's love. You wouldn't be able to experience his love without free will. You, or else you would be forced to love. God isn't forcing you. He's giving you a choice. And in the middle of all this uncertainty in life, because I don't want to leave you there, let's see what the Bible says about living with certainty. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. The Bible says this in verse 35. It says, who shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? And then we pick up in verse 38. It says, for I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
You see, I think Paul covers everything there. I think he covers every base when he says how much God loves you. When he says how unlimited it is that there is nothing, there's no place that you can go where you can get away from God's love. There's no place you can hide where you can hide from his love. There's no bad you can do that will keep you from experiencing the love of God. Why? Because God is going to still love you. He says there's nothing you can possibly do that can separate you and I from the love of God. Nothing. See, the truth is, the only certainty that you will find in this world is stress, fear, and hopelessness. You can be certain of that, that when you place your trust in things of the world, and when you, and when you place your trust in people, then you can be assured and certain that you're going to experience those things in life. See, but when you place your trust in the Lord, you're not going to experience those things. You're not going to experience fear. You're not going to experience frustration. You're not going to experience anger. You're not going to experience hopelessness. You're not going to experience worry. Why? Because your hope is in the Lord. You are fixed. Your foundation is sturdy. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. It said, pray about everything. Some of you need to write that uh, where, where you come in contact on a daily. Put it on, your put, put it on your phone as your screensaver. I know you like seeing your kids' faces on your phone. But put the word of God in front of you so that you don't forget it. So that it's a constant reminder in your life. When you go into work, it's a reminder because you're going to go to your phone and you're going you're to look at how many hours are left in the day for you to go home. It's a constant reminder. When is lunchtime? Well, let's look at my phone. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. My boss has been, my boss has been just ugh, the worst today. Let's, let me look at my phone and see what I can put on social media about my boss. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. My friend just gave me a bad report. Let me, let me look at my phone and see, and see uh, what, what I can do to encourage them. Don't worry about er, uh, anything. Instead, pray about everything. It's a constant reminder for you and I. This is what we need to do. We need to put those things in a place that it is a reminder for us. Why? Because we forget, don't we? We forget. So God says, do this, and you will be reminded See, you must find peace in being loved. Paul says, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. When's the last time you thank God for all that he's done in your life? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You see, everyone is looking to be loved by someone. Everyone is. 
Turn to your neighbor and tell him God loves you. You see, Paul says, you can be certain, you can be certain that no matter who or what comes against you, no matter how great the mistake you've made, nothing will ever separate you and I from the love of God. The Bible says in our text in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance. Say it with me, the assurance. Not insurance, assurance. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty, say it with me, certainty, and the certainty of what we do not see. Did you guys get that? The certainty of what we do not see. Well, how can you be certain of things that you cannot see? That's what faith is. That's what faith is. That's what we hold on to. That's what the world can't seem to understand. How we can trust in a God that maybe you can't physically see in front of you. But there's evidence. There's evidence that God is real all around you. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, the Bible speaks of King Nebuchadnezzar building a gold statue, demanding that all bow to worship it. And he said to any who refused that they would be thrown into a furnace. The Bible says that three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to worship this man-made figure, despite knowing the consequence of their decision. And they replied to the king, in verse 16 of chapter 3, and they say, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. And they say this, and they say, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. See, what they were saying was this. They were saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, look, we are certain, we are certain that God will honor our stand by providing us protection against our enemies. But what did they mean by but even if he doesn't save us, were they lacking in faith? Did they, did they possibly believe that God could not save them? No. What they were saying was this, that even if God decides, check this out, but even if God decides that this is the road that we must take at this point in time in our lives, in taking a stand, for righteousness, that we will never worship your false God. We only bow to one true God. We only bow to one, and that is the king of kings. Yes, Nebuchadnezzar, I know you're a king, but there is a king of kings that we bow down to. We will never bow down to you and what you have set forth, what is man-made. We bow down to God our Father. 
And even if he decides that this is the road that we must take in our lives, then so be it. Then so be it. You see, they were living with certainty because their trust was in the Lord. And as sure and as certain that the sun will rise tomorrow, we must live with certainty that God loves us and that our future is in him. Amen? As we all bow our heads this morning.